0: But for now, let's get to the episode, part of the Apologetics series, recorded August 1st, 2019, titled Atheists Believe in Just
1: One Less God Than Christians. Okay, so here's one way that I might respond to this objection that atheists believe in just one less God than Christians. I mean, the
0: obvious first thing we should do is correct the dullard atheists to say that it should be one fewer God, not one less God. We use fewer when we're talking about individual items that can be counted, and less when it's a measurement but not discrete. What? We're not here to talk about grammar?
1: Welcome to Apologia. That word, uh, to make an offense, Apologia, is
0: in the verse in First Peter. Not Apologia, Apologia, because my name is Paul. I'm a former Christian taking a look at the claims of Christians. If you're new to the channel, tap on the subscribe button so that you can be notified when new science, theology, or news videos arrive. Once again, we're returning to former cold case detective J. Warner Wallace's series of snappy answers to atheist questions.
1: And here's the objection for this week. We're simply going to ask, uh, answer the question, answer the objection I hear all the time. It's become a popular internet meme. Hmm. Not a big fan of memes. That atheists believe in just one less God than
0: Christians. Not really an objection to Christianity, per se. It's more of an accurate observation. Though, below the surface, it is an appeal to an even-handed epistemology from believers to double-check to see if you're using the same critical thinking skills across all areas of your
1: beliefs. And to be able to say that, as an atheist, I believe in just one less God than you and I'm using the same criteria that you use to disband all the other gods, you're an atheist like me, except you haven't gone all the way yet. You ought to, because I'm using the exact same process. This kind of internet meme, when you make it visual, has an impact. If so, that's probably one reason you hear it so often. Okay, this objection, I think, would be powerful, and that would be a powerful statement. If all the other gods of history were equally reasonable, or similarly documented, or equally supported by evidence... Well, let me
0: stop you right there, Jay. In no way does this observation rest on the idea that there's equal evidence for every deity ever posited in history. As you yourself noted just a minute ago, this objection is about epistemology. The methods we use to come to our beliefs, it is by the same process you use to evaluate the evidence that we have come to believe in one fewer god than you. Certainly, some gods have more evidence and attestation than others. The only thing we would say they have in common is that none has passed the most important test having sufficient evidence to believe.
1: But that isn't the case. If you examine the evidential support, or the manuscript accounts, the manuscript evidence related to every other god described in history, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find that the evidence for Yahweh is vastly superior.
0: Superior to some, perhaps. But this isn't about comparing deities to each other. This is about evaluating each on their own merits and deciding individually if they cross the line of sufficient evidence. If you have to be 48 inches tall to ride a particular attraction, It doesn't matter that one child is 40 inches and another is 36 inches. Neither met the requirement
1: for the ride. I don't blame you for rejecting the case for the mythological gods of history. I do also. Like you said, we're similar in that way. Well, um,
0: I consider Yahweh to be a mythological god of history, so we're not. But I'll be charitable and roll with your meaning.
1: I reject those claims just like you reject those claims. But make no mistake about this, the case for the God of the Bible is different, dramatically different, and considerably more reliable.
0: Again, it makes no difference if it's more reliable, only that it be reliable enough. Have you really examined the
1: evidence that validates the claims of the Bible? A great deal of my life, yes. Because it sounds like you think that all the evidence for all these gods is pretty much the same. What have I
0: said that makes you think that? We're talking about applying the same process of evaluating evidence equally, not that the evidence itself is equal. I feel like I'm repeating myself here.
1: Now, what we want to do here is take the first obvious step. I get it. You reject some things that I also reject, but it's because there's no re- good reason to believe those things. But that isn't the situation with this. this there, is, there are good reasons to believe this thing.
0: When one wants their own position to be exempted from the scrutiny or criteria put to other positions, we call that special pleading.
1: Now look, if you just look at the manuscript evidence, just at the, the number of manuscripts... It should be
0: obvious that the number of copies of a book says nothing about the accuracy of what's said in the book. If that was a measure of anything, then we'd
1: be very excited about how real the world of Harry Potter is. The dating we have available to us of the earliest possible manuscripts is much closer to the events in the New Testament than even the events of the Old Testament.
0: I don't know why we would get excited that the Old Testament is even less reliable than the New Testament. The earliest fragment of a manuscript from the New Testament is P52, a scrap of papyrus no bigger than a business card with a few words from the Gospel of John dating to the mid-2nd century, at least 100 years after Jesus died. This isn't awful when compared to some other historical documents, but it's certainly nothing worth getting excited about. And if you look at the dating for all these many manuscripts Jay is talking about, we don't start
1: getting significant attestation until the 10th century, a thousand years later. Uh, The the, the idea that Jesus never lived or that he was, these these things are easily uh, countered by just the evidence of manuscripts.
0: The case for historical Jesus rarely relies upon biblical manuscript evidence. We can argue about their veracity, but where a historian falls on this question usually comes down to non-biblical sources.
1: I, I think to argue that the evidence, for example, for Greek mythological gods the eyewitness accounts and the manuscript evidence we have that um, confirms the reliability of those accounts.
0: I mean, we have over 2,000 early copies of Homer's Iliad featuring some of our favorite characters in Greek mythology, about a third as many as New Testament early manuscripts. Does that somehow mean that these stories should be considered one third as reliable as the New Testament? Or is it that the number of copies and dates of the earliest finds are unrelated to the truth of what is contained within?
2: So wait, the reality of deity is determined by manuscript count? I don't think that argument holds water. Hey, Ocean, how'd you get here? Tide goes in, tide goes out. You can't explain that. No, that doesn't... Wait, you realize this is my channel, right? Nope, it's my channel now. Um, look, I I don't know why Christians seem to think that the number of books actually means something. All that it means is that there was surviving texts that Catholics didn't burn on the way to modernity and that the Roman Empire was Christian in its dying breath. Polytheists understand that the Northern Crusades were a genocidal effort, and not an effort to preserve pagan manuscripts for later god competitions. There's actually quite a bit of effort on our part to rebuild these ancient faiths in spite of missing manuscripts. So my bottom line is this. If a Christian wants to rest their case against the gods on pieces of paper produced by oppressive regimes in medieval Christendom, I'll take it. The number of manuscripts is irrelevant to the truth claim with respect to deity polytheists don't follow the gods because of the number of manuscripts christians don't either pagans are often spiritual because we embrace personal lived experiences with the gods quantifying proliferation of manuscripts does nothing to help nor hinder that important point but i'll say that i can't speak for christians because they have this whole hell thing that will sometimes keep them in the faith regardless of their experiences counter to the faith be it experiences or even rational argumentation that suggests polytheism or atheism. This was certainly the case for me. I I didn't get out of Christianity until I broke my hell belief.
0: I mean, I stopped believing in God long before I stopped being scared of hell. It's a strange phenomenon, but eventually my mind came to terms with the fact that no God meant no hell. Whatever makes me me will merely stop to be,
2: and my state will be as I was before I was born. Anyway, you've got it from here. There's a million reasons why this is a bad argument, so have Adam, Paul. Um... One question, though. Can I, can I rule, pull out? What's the animation budget on stuff like that? This is YouTube. It's micro-budget around here. But I can make something work. Going out with style.
1: (laughs) Sweet. Don't, don't clean for a second. Don't think for a second that they are somehow equal to what we have for Christianity. That's just ridiculous. Well, it's a good thing that's not in any way what the objection is saying. Other religious worldviews make claims that their prophets, their wise sages, their deities make statements. But Christianity makes claims that are rooted in history. Um, If the resurrection didn't occur, then Christianity is false.
0: I've done a number of debates about the resurrection in particular, and have an entire playlist on my channel addressing the case for Jesus rising from the dead, and for good reason. It is the most important claim Christianity makes. And sadly, the evidence supporting the idea is nowhere near persuasive enough to be convincing at least
1: to me and to my fellow atheists. If you're going to make that distinction, think really, it's the first thing that your your friend's going to say. He's going to say, oh, really? So what is the evidence? I've never seen any evidence. If your friend
0: says they haven't seen any evidence, I mean, it's possible they've not personally looked into the claims. But please be aware that most American atheists have to some extent. And the more precise response they should give is that they have yet to be presented with sufficient evidence to convince them.
1: Now I want to give you a slightly different approach. And, and this approach... is is going to be more of an analogy or a metaphor okay imagine that you're with me and i'm investigating a homicide okay and based on evidence the evidence i have at the homicide i conclude that there is a certain specific suspect who i identify as the killer now we get to trial he's arrested you know we go through all that process and we get to trial and a defense attorney for this suspect then asks the jury to reject the evidence that points to his client the killer and here's how he does it. He says, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you dismiss all the other citizens of our community as the killer for the same reason I reject my client as the killer. As his attorney, I believe in just one less suspect than you.
0: This was Wallace's attempt at a reductio ad absurdum argument, where someone tries to demonstrate the flaw in a premise by showing its logical consequence is absurd or contradictory. But for such attack to work, the reductio must keep the form of the argument as closely as possible, or it just fails as a straw man. Because the one fewer God comment is an attempt to apply consistency of interpreting evidence, in a strange way, this would be exactly what a defense lawyer should always be arguing, that the evidence to convict their client fails to meet the standard of beyond a reasonable doubt. Wallace's attempt to make the argument look silly misses the point by so much that it ends up
1: reinforcing the argument. Can you see how silly that response would be in a criminal trial? I mean, yes, there are many possible candidates for the suspect in the case, right? I get that. But only one is evidentially reasonable. This isn't
0: always true. We know that some people are convicted of crimes who are later vindicated of the same crime. Such people were obviously evidentially reasonable at the time of trial. I suspect there are many cases where a reasonable case could be put forth for multiple suspects. That's why the standard in a criminal case isn't reasonable,
1: but Beyond reasonable doubt. It doesn't matter how many other possible suspects there are. It simply matters that one of them is implicated by the evidence. (sighs) Ha!
0: We've been at this all this time and you finally understand. There is a standard of evidence to be convinced of a thing. And it doesn't matter how many possibilities have been considered. It matters only if any meet the predetermined standard. And if none meet the standard no one is convicted. We don't just convict someone with insufficient evidence because, eh, they're the closest we
1: have. Can you see why the evidence for the God of the Bible would matter more than the number of alternative suspects?
0: Can you finally see that it's not the number of suspects that we're trying to point out to you, but the hypocrisy of not submitting your own pet belief to the same evidentiary procedures?
1: So I think we can use this example to show how silly that approach would be. And so I think in the end, that is a powerful way to at least overcome what at first feels like a rhetorical... Now, by the way...
0: um... I assume he was going to say a rhetorically powerful objection. Wallace is willing to abandon any sentence he starts when his mind gets ahead of his mouth. Again, we see not why the objection is silly. We see that Wallace has entirely missed the point. By following the same consideration processes and the same evidentiary standards, the argument for Jesus also fails. Thanks to Ocean Keltoy for stopping by. Check out his channel for well-reasoned, well-communicated thoughts and arguments on all kinds of topics, including spirituality from a perspective you may not have considered. Thanks for watching. We'll be back soon with more from The Good Detective. In the meantime, this video is pretty great. Check it out.